Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective, I hope. Have you ever noticed that we as aquarium people tend to operate in our own little world, kind of almost blissfully ignorant of how it all seems to people that are sort of on the outside of the aquarium hobby? Like, we might be so hyper-focused on our hobby or even one aspect of our hobby that we fail to take into account how things look to those who are not hobbyists. You know, people who come to our house and observe our work from time to time, or those we reside with, like our family members or our, even our spouse. I was thinking about this the, uh, the other day and thinking about all the stuff that we see for our aquariums that we just don't notice because maybe we're just too in the game, right? Hmm. <laughs> it's interesting when you think about it like that. You ever noticed how the non-aquarium people in your life, especially those you reside with, seem to have this incredible knack for asking the perfect rhetorical questions? I mean, some seem sort of obvious to everyone else, even though we might not even want to hear them. We might even be aware of these issues, but we just don't want to hear them. Yeah, it seems like the skeptical or perhaps mildly amused non-fishy residents of your home are usually the main source of many of these gems. Perhaps if we look at a few of them more closely, we can actually see what the core points are and perhaps leverage those concerns expressed in the questions to create a more, I don't know, harmonious home life, right? Yeah, think about that for a minute. Now, in our world, particularly those of us that have significant others residing with us, the term harmonious home life often translates into a green light for more fish tanks. Like, that's the ultimate seal of approval for every aquarium person, isn't it? So it really pays to listen to suggestions and observations from these very important people. Besides, a lot of times they're spot on. And of course, it, you should care about the people that you live with. That's a, that's a given. We know that. And we'd be wise to accept the validity of their observations and to take action on them rather than simply to shrug or explain them away or take them as some sort of personal affront like many of us probably do at times. I know I've done that. Here's a few classic rhetorical questions that the hardcore fish geeks bound to encounter now and again. So you'll have somebody pointing to perhaps a dead fish or dying fish that you have not yet discovered or are about to knit out but just didn't get to. And you hear that beautiful question. Wow, those fish are kind of delicate, huh? They don't live so long in this tank. Ugh. Now beyond the hit that your ego takes as a result of this discovery, perhaps there's some small kernel of truth here. I mean, it could be that the zebra daniel just croaked. Could be that the resbora just was not a particularly hardy one. Or in the case of, say, a more delicate embuna, an epistogramma, or like a wild beta, that the environment or the husbandry techniques that you're employing in this aquarium or maybe need some review or maybe a little tweaking. Maybe they're a little off. The casual uh, you know, observer who notices frequent or regular fish losses really shouldn't be ignored. It's a responsibility for us to get to the bottom of this stuff. We may not like to be under the microscope for stuff like this, and I, I hear you, but it's really valuable when we use it as constructive and sort of investigate and maybe ultimately solve the issue that's causing these problems. There's another one here that you hear a lot. I'm trying to remember, was the tank making this much noise last week? Oof, that's another absolute classic that can tip you off to some real potential issues, right? I've experienced this one before myself. Believe me, non-fish people, particularly spouses or other residents, notice every hum, every whir, every pop, every drip that aquariums make and if something changes or if it's just kind of you know mad scientist sounding to begin with you know like the mad scientist lab that goes blah blah blah, blah yeah they'll be the first to let you know and it might be a little annoying for you to hear yet you have to consider the potential issues that these things could be harbingers of 
This is the kind of feedback that could literally save your aquarium or even your home. Check those plumbing connections, check the air and water pumps, check the impellers, check the filter intakes. Perhaps something just needs a minor adjustment. Perhaps something major is about to fail. Regardless, this is the kind of feedback that we should never consider annoying. The fact that others recognize this is a huge tip-off, isn't it? Then there's another classic here for you. Someone walks into your house or to your fish room or area where the fish, is, the fish, tank are, uh, or fish tanks are located and says, does that tank always have that weird smell? I'm trying to remember. Now, earthy, which is a commonly ascribed olfactory observation of our botanical-style aquariums or aquariums in general, is one thing. That's pretty normal. You can no doubt easily explain to the uninitiated that earthy, rather pleasant smell that they're sensing is normal. Weird, on the other hand, is quite another thing. Aquariums shouldn't smell weird. (laughs) What to do? Check the filter, check the floor, check the sand, check the protein skimmer if it's a saltwater tank. Check everything. Something is definitely amiss. Tanks should not smell bad. This is an absolute red flag that you need to jump on immediately. I mean, yuck, right? Yeah, jump on that. Another classic one. Those algae eaters, they, they don't work very hard, do they? Oof, yeah, we know what that means. Your tank flat out has too much nuisance algae. When even a non-fish person notices this, you have to finally accept and deal with this. Non-fish people are usually at least semi-excited about pretty much everything they see in an aquarium. So when they are pointing out something that's affecting the aesthetic, you need to take some note of their so-called subtle hints and attack that problem head on and immediately. Now, in the Blackwater Botanical-style aquarium world, we accept a certain amount of algae and decomposition and so forth. That could be explained to people and that simply some people may simply not like the aesthetic. Surprisingly, though, a lot of non-initiated people or non-fish people have absolutely accepted this aesthetic. When you explain to them the, the habitat or even show them a picture of the wild habitat, not only do they get it, they're totally engrossed by it. I saw this many, many times um, when I owned the, the coral facility and we'd have absolute non-freshwater people come in and once they got over though the tank is dirty and you explain to them this is what nature looks like they really got into it it's really neat to see however when it begins to look less than natural and more like problematic this is feedback worth listening to in my opinion now there's numerous ways to address algae it's time to literally roll up your sleeves and get to work on identifying and controlling this stuff once and for all there's plenty of resources to help you find out what could be causing the algae what they you know, algae is doing in your tank, why it got there, etc. So do a little research, talk to some people, and uh, you'll get to the bottom of that ultimately. Uh, another one that you might run into once in a while is someone upon looking at your aquarium will see one fish chasing one other fish or maybe the other, all the other fish in the tank. And you'll get that question, is that big one supposed to chase the skinny one all over the tank? Yeah, you may have noticed that you have a problem fish in there, and you may have chosen to wait and see how things go before taking action. We've all been there. Yeah, it truly sucks to literally have to tear a tank apart to get out one lousy fish. However, as we all know, this type of behavior is literally life and death for many fishes. In addition to simply stressing a single fish, likely the entire community is on edge and under stress. And of course, stress leads to disease and worse. When a non-fish person notices this kind of bullying, it's time to take action. So where's that net? Get started. Now, sometimes you see a pleasant kind of an observation, something that is fantastic. And again, non-fish people tend to notice details that may have escaped us sometimes. 
I've had this happen to me a few times. Someone will walk in and say, whoa, you have lots of little tadpole thingies in there by your cichlids. Are those normal? What are those? And you run to the tank. Oh my God, your non-fish person roommate just noticed that your epistogramma Elizabethae have spawned before you did. Now that's kind of cool. And that's ironclad proof that we should value the observation of a non-fish you know, person just as much as we do another fish geek. I can't tell you how many times my wife or other family members or just flat out, you know, uninitiated visitors to my house notice stuff like that, positive stuff in my aquariums. It's an exciting discovery for sure. And it's proof of the value of having other members in your household engaged in your love of the hobby. And you know what? It's also proof of the, the engaging aspect of aquariums and how they can pull people in and people notice the wonders of life. They won't soon forget seeing a, a group of, uh, you know, discus uh, taking care of their fry or, you know, some rasbora scattering some eggs or, you know, baby guppies being born. Those types of things stick with people. They resonate and suddenly they realize this is really a unique thing we have here and we should use that to our advantage. Now, of course, there's some aspects of the hobby that we are all guilty of and people that live with us or visit our home, but particularly those that live with us, notice right away and these are things that could lead to real problems down the line. Um, we've all had the spouse or roommate or whoever walk in and say, wouldn't it be easier if you had a towel there when you're you know, doing something in your aquarium? Let's face it, you've been a little bit messy and you're kind of on notice now. If the siphon hose really was in the bucket, would your feet be getting wet? I don't think so. These are the kind of things that can literally result in ultimatums being given and threats to make tough choices about you know, continuing your fish hobby. I've seen friends end up on the... Uh, the well, you call it the shit list or in the proverbial doghouse with their spouses over stuff like this. And it didn't always end well. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are really, really tough things. Those, those literally affect your relationship. So you need to up your game. It's important to understand the concerns of other family members or other members of your household and how the aquariums impact them. So why not take that less than subtle hint that you should put a drop cloth or towel down on the hardwood floor surrounding the aquarium? Talk about preserving domestic tranquility. Taking care of the overall home environment is a simple, small gesture that will reap huge dividends down the line. Trust me. And of course, the skeptical family member, particularly the one that may control the budget or be involved in the family finances, will occasionally notice a fish that shows up in your tank that wasn't there before. And you'll get that most horrifying of all questions. I don't remember seeing that fish in there. Have you always had that one? shit, you're busted. And of course, this usually comes at the time when you were putting off perhaps, you know, doing that, uh, you know, home improvement project, or maybe you forgot the birthday gift for somebody or, the, you know, the anniversary uh, gift or something weird. If you're a guy, guys tend to do that. Or perhaps, you know, something else is brewing, but you, you got caught. And I've only got a few responses for you. And all of them carry risk. And they all have potentially huge downsides. So yeah, you're kind of on your own with this one, man. In summary, let's, let's wind it up positively. In summary, the next time a non-fish person, especially a resident of the household, makes that seemingly innocuous comment about blank, be sure to take heed. Because more often than not, there is some good actionable information or even advice contained in that rhetorical question. And by taking action on the observation, you might not only benefit your fishes and your hobby, you just might gain an ally in the process. And you can never have too many allies when you're in the fish world. And perhaps you might even convert a non-fish person into a hobbyist too. It's happened. It's something to ponder, right? So keep listening. Don't get flustered by those suggestions. Stay calm. 
Stay open-minded, stay diplomatic, stay diligent, and stay flexible. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Tint, and we look forward to seeing you next time.